Well, today I want to talk to you about a different topic. We're going to talk about uh, uh, Lauren was the only one who asked me for a sequel to the comedy humor sermon last week. And other than Lauren and now Joe, were the only two that I knew actually liked that. So uh, I thought, well, I guess I was not a stand-up comic or something, or I didn't hit the punchlines quite right. But anyway, I hope you laughed anyway, but we're moving on to something different. But today I want to look at God's sovereignty over creation. God's sovereignty over creation. Have you ever just taken the time, hopefully recently, just to think about how amazing our God actually is? Words just can't describe how awesome our God is. Think about the beautifulness of beaches. You can go to an even an ugly beach, and it's still beautiful, really, compared to this beach or that beach. But beaches are amazing. The ocean is amazing. The beautiful mountains where we live and mountains across the world. The valleys, the prairies, the sunsets and sunrises, they're just breathtaking. You sit there, and you're just like, you can't say anything. You're just like, wow, look at that. Or a, a full moon at night hitting down across the water. You're just like, wow. And an eclipse, shooting stars at different times. I've, we've sat out, especially in Canada during the summer, we've sat out for hours just watching these falling stars. And um, also the, what's it called, the lights, the... Lost the word. Yes, the northern lights. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. Animals um, and, of course, people. God's creation is absolutely amazing. The human eye is, is more technologically advanced than anything that man has ever created to date still. And God just said, let there be an eyeball, and boom, it was there. He is so far superior. So I want to read you some from Genesis. I know you know it. But I want to read it to you anyway. Really, Genesis chapter 1, not the whole chapter, but some of it. But this is just how amazing our God is, okay? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Not a couple of rocks, not some evolution theory or anything else. God himself created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said... Let there be light. Boom. Man, imagine being there that day. Whoa, look at my God. Look what he's doing here. What is he doing? All right, let there be light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 9. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. He just says it and it happens. Just says it. He doesn't have to even lift a finger. He doesn't have to get off his bed or his couch or anything. If he's sitting down, just like, mm, let there be. And it is. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse 14. Then God said, let there be <coughs> excuse me, lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. So this is the point of the sermon, but I want to highlight that. The stars, it says, let them be for this reason, for signs and seasons for days and years. There's a calendar written in, this, in, this, in the stars. Now, I'm not talking about worshiping stars and all that kind of stuff. But God, in the very beginning of creation, said, let there be for this reason, for signs, seasons, and for days and years. And they followed those stars uh, when they found Jesus. So verse 15. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. 
And he made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens. He's like, you stay there. You stay over there. To give light to the earth and to rule over the day and over the night. And to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now we'll drop down to 26. This is God's master creation right here. And the one he's most proud of, and that's you and I. And it's the only part of creation that he actually used his hands for. The rest of creation he just spoke. But when God made us, he actually used his own hands. Then God said, let us make men in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the, and over the cattle, over all the, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Man, I was confessing that verse this week because I had some creeping things in my house that was not supposed to be there. And man, it cost me $1,000 to get rid of them. Bed bugs. Don't worry, I'm not contagious. But those things are nasty. Oh my, we had a, we had a crazy week. We still got laundry piled up in this room. We can hardly open that door because you had to take everything out of your room, three rooms, everything, wash everything, all the clothes, sheets, everything. It was a yeah, mess, but I was confessing my word here. I have authority and dominion over every creeping thing that creeps on my bed and in my house. And now, uh, Lauren heard me praying, let them die in Jesus' name, and she started laughing. Uh, but I want them to die. They, don't be, they want to live. they got to live somewhere else. Anyway, verse 27, I have a good friend who took authority over ants and critters in his house, and he said they all left. He didn't call Terminex. I mean, he must have been more faith than me or something, but he, he, he had them all leave. So verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Not every other gender they're making up today with their so-called social science stuff. There's male and there's female. You kids need to remember that. Uh, it was common sense back in the day. It's not as common today, but I'm telling you, it is male and female. God said so. No one else matters. Nobody else matters. It's God is God. He is sovereign over everything. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, the sea, over the birds, the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God saw everything that he had, that he had made, and indeed it was very good. It was very good. He said good for everything else. When he made you, he said it was very good. So there was evening and morning on the sixth day. Aren't you thankful just for the beauty of creation? You go on a hike around here on one of the app trails or something, and just look out over the majestic stuff that God made with his mouth. And you're just like, wow, who is this God? You go to Grandfather Mountain, you stand up there, and you look over this 360 view, and you're just like, wow, that God made you. Now, we know some of us enjoy the beauty of nature more than others, and some of you are hikers more than others, but we all take time, I believe we all are thankful for the beauty of creation. God is absolutely sovereign over all the work of his hands. Now, I want to talk about what I mean by sovereign because some might take it the wrong way. But the word sovereign means a supreme ruler possessing absolute power. Okay? He doesn't have to borrow any from somebody else. Hey, yeah, I'm kind of struggling here today. Can you give me a little bit of your power from some other miniature god from India or something? Uh, Buddha or somebody, hey, I, I'm kind of struggling here today. Can you give me some of your power? Now, those are made-up figments of your imagination. There's only one God. It's the Most High God. His name is Jehovah. His name is Jesus. His name is God, okay? Those things are just pretend. They're demons, really, what they are. So, and they're far inferior. So God is our supreme ruler, possessing absolute power over everything. 
Now, just because he has absolute power over everything, it doesn't mean he exercises his power over everything all the time. Okay, for example, a king can be a king over a kingdom, right? And depending on how much land and how much property that he possesses, it depends, shows how much dominion he has over that area. But that doesn't mean everything that happens in that kingdom is the, comes from the heart of the king everywhere in that kingdom every day of the week. Because another gift that God gave us, and he actually gave the angels as well, is the gift of free choice or free will. One of the scariest gifts I'm sure God ever gave people. Because I know when I see it in my own kids, it scares the poo out of me sometimes. Well, not literally, but it scares me uh, sometimes when, when my kids, they have a free will choice, right? And I can make all the rules I want to, and I can be a dictator and authoritarian, I can do whatever, but I still can't change their hearts. I still can't really make them do what I want. I can't make them not make the mistakes that I made. So free will is scary to me sometimes. I don't know if you've ever felt that. But God loves us so much, he gave you the gift of free will. Amen? I don't know if I would have done that. I don't know. I think I might have just skipped that part. If I was God, that's a good thing I'm not God. But anyway, um, God is sovereign, or God is the supreme ruler, possessing absolute power over all his creation. But he does not dictate every single thing that happens in everyone's lives. Okay, now that's not really the point of the message today, but I just wanted to make mention of that. As when I talk about sovereignty, I'm not saying that everything happened came from the hand of God, because it doesn't. If it did, why would we have demons? Why would we need to resist the devil so he'll flee from us? Why would there be faith? Why would we need any prayer? Why would we need anything? If everything just sovereignly came from his hand, there'd be no sense praying. We'd just like lay back, go to the beach every day, case sarah, sarah. There'd be no preaching of the gospel, no anything. All right, there's a balance there of the sovereignty of God, and he is absolutely sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he chose to partner with us in free will. It's a mystery, but it's just the truth. But that's not the point. Today, I really want to highlight the sovereignty of God over the majesty and the beauty of creation. Sometimes it's just, we just need to take time and appreciate what our Father actually did. What he did. John 1, 1 says this, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That's some of Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. And that light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not comprehended. God created everything that we see, things invisible and invisible. God, the Father, Jesus, Son, they made it all. They created it all, okay? Everything. Things you've seen, things you haven't seen. You know, there's species underwater in the ocean that have still never been discovered yet. Why would he create something that no one would ever see? Because he's just that huge. You can't comprehend God. You can't comprehend how huge God is. And God is sovereign over the work of his hand. Think about examples in the Bible where God exercised his sovereignty over creation that he made. Okay, I'll throw a few out there. You guys can, you can share some as well. But Noah's Ark and the flood. Noah could build that boat all he wanted to. But he couldn't make it rain. He couldn't make the water come up from the ground. He couldn't do those things. God did that. The parting of the Red Sea. Moses could have stood there whacking the ground with his stick all day long, but without the power of God, nothing's going to split. Imagine being there. That's just amazing to think about. Or water coming out of a rock. That, that's our God. How about manna falling from the sky? Manna means what is it? What is this? What's, this, what's God giving us now? Quail coming from all over the world to come to the desert where they were to feed them day in and day out. 
How about the sun standing still for almost an entire day so Joshua could win a war? Joshua prayed. He said, never again has God done this, it says in, the, in, in Joshua. But uh, he said, God, we need more time. The sun stands still, and God made the sun stay in its place. Everything else had to freeze, too, I'm guessing, or it would have messed up the whole orbital solar system of planets bumping into each other and stars colliding and just boom, freeze. And then they keep fighting this battle. That's our God. That's absolutely amazing to me. How about Jonah and the whale we mentioned last week? That's a crazy story. An axe head floating. The sovereignty over creation. God shutting the mouths of lions for Daniel. All right, you're not going to chew on this one. I'll give you a little snack later, but this guy here, you're going to spare him. Okay, we got some more coming later. Just hold on. Then uh, how about God's sovereignty over fire and heat for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? This sovereignty power, that fire will not touch you. That heat will not hurt you. And they come out not even smelling like smoke. That's impossible. That can't happen without God. You can't light a fire in your house, in your little fireplace or outside a fire pit without walking away and your hair is smelling like smoke. And you get soot in your eyes because the wind blew the other way or whatever. And they walked out after who knows how long they were in there and didn't even smell like smoke. I mean, God is amazing. How about oil continually flowing and filling the containers for that widow for more than three years? Need a little bit more today? All right, here you go. And that'd be super cool to see that. Why is this thing keep, where's it coming from? I don't know. You're lifting the pot up. There's nothing underneath of it. It's like, it's amazing. Uh, Jesus and Peter both walking on water. I tried that. I actually should have brought that picture. Some of you guys have seen it where it looked like I walked on water. It's really hilarious to me, but I look mostly dry because I went out in a canoe and uh, then I had this eight foot step ladder in the water just at that height. And I had my one foot on the ladder and the other foot on like that. I get a lot of comments on that when I post it online. I'm like, I've been practicing, but really, I have tried it. It hasn't worked, but it looked like in that picture, it looks like it pretty good. <coughs> how about Peter, <coughs> excuse me, how about Peter in his miraculous catch of fish twice? He said, hey, throw your nets on the other side. All of a sudden, boom, the boat starts sinking. I mean, that's not normal. I fished many times. Brian, too, many of you others, Pat, and many others in here fish. <laughs> a lot of you guys like to fish, but that would be one amazing catch, wouldn't it? Jesus multiplying fish and bread. Philip teleporting 20 miles away after he baptized the Ethiopian eunuch. I mean, the Bible is filled with stories where God just exercises sovereignty over certain situations and times and seasons and his power. Amen. I want to read to you Colossians 1, 15 through 17. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I want to just show you today with some help from a video I watched years ago um, by Louis Giglio. He gave me some, some of the background studies, so I didn't have to do all the study of this, of just how big, how amazing our God is. And by the time I'm finished, my hope and goal behind this is that you feel a little bit smaller, not in inferiority, but in God being so much bigger. And your problems seem a little bit smaller, a whole lot smaller, compared to the mass superiority of God. Okay? 
So back when Holly and I were doing youth ministry at church, we watched this video um, by Lily Giglio. Some of you guys may have seen it on creation. And uh, I don't remember all the, I didn't remember all the parts of it, but I remembered watching it a bunch of years ago. But I remembered how it impacted me. I couldn't remember all his stats and facts because this guy was quoting all these scientific numbers of stuff. But God is a scientist. He knows stuff that men will never know. And Psalm 19.1 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of your hands. The heavens and the skies proclaim the glory and the works of his hands. You just have to step outside some night, look up, and just be like, wow. I wonder what planet that is. I wonder what star that is. Just look up. So we're going to look at uh, some of these stars this morning, a few of them, and uh, just talk about that to give glory to God and just see just how amazing God is, okay? Starting with the Whirlpool Galaxy. I got a picture for you guys there of the Whirlpool Galaxy. If you put that up there. Thank you. The Whirlpool Galaxy is 31 million light years away from us. Do you hear me? 31 million, not miles, 31 million light years away from us. Now, um, Think about this. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And in that moment, light came out of his mouth at 186,000 uh, miles per second. That's the speed of light. 186,000 miles per second. Came out of his mouth. Man, who is this God? I mean, amen. Uh, now, a light year is how far, how long it takes light to travel for an entire year. So a light year is 5.88 trillion miles in a year. So this being, you know, uh, what I say, 31 million light years away, I didn't do the calculator math on that anyway because the number would have been just so insane. I wouldn't have had enough zeros on my phone to hold it. But that's a long way. And if you wanted to travel to this beautiful-looking whirlpool galaxy, you'd have to go at 186,000 miles per second, which would be super fun to do, I think, wouldn't you? Like, wish I could go to Canada like that. Like, hey, hey, I'm here. I mean, that'd be awesome. But it would take you 31 million years to get there. That's a long road trip right there. I mean, that's a long trip. So that'd be a long flight or whatever. So the amazing thing is that this is just one galaxy in over hundreds. And this one galaxy has hundreds of billions of stars in this galaxy. It's one of many that there's hundreds of millions of other galaxies out in outer space. Okay? They're everywhere, okay? So I want to show you um, the Hubble. Years ago, the Hubble telescope took a picture and zoomed in on this beautiful galaxy, the Whirlpool Galaxy. And when they zoomed in, they saw that it had a black hole. In the center of the black hole, I'll show you this next picture. Here's what they saw. That's the center of, in the black hole of the Whirlpool Galaxy. As far out as you go, or as close in as you zoom in, we see the works of God and creation in everything. He made it. Is that not amazing? Psalm 19.1 uh, says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Even though he knew no one would be able to see that until whatever year Hubble looked at it, he made it anyway. Abraham never saw it. Jesus never saw it with his eyes. I mean, on earth, he did, as, of course, as God. But, I mean, that's awesome. So today we're going to look at four stars that God made, four of the millions and billions they made, just four of them, and just show you just how big God is. And just show you your problems that you think are so huge, they're probably not that big. You can name anything that they might be. 
some kind of sickness issue, money issue, family issue, marriage issue. And you're, I hope those issues look as small as ants or smaller by the time you just look at how amazing God is. So the first star we're going to look at is our sun. If we can put that picture up there. Our sun burns at 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the surface. It's pretty hot. All right. It's, uh, if you've been to uh, Uganda and India, sometimes you feel like it's like that there, but it's not quite the same. But it gets really hot. But our sun is 93 million miles away. Okay? A little closer to us, it would all fry. And a little further away, we'd all freeze to death. God set that planet, the sun, the star, right in where it's supposed to be and said, don't move. Okay? That's amazing. It takes roughly eight minutes for light to travel from the sun to the earth because it's so far away. And what I really want to point out is just how big the sun is. The sun is a million times bigger than the earth. A million times. Okay? Again, Psalm 33, 33, 6 says this. By the word of the Lord, the heavens are made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Your God is so awesome, is so big. He's a star breather. He breathes and stars are formed. Just, there's a sun. I mean, God is absolutely amazing, right? So, I want to show you this. Um, if the earth, if you guys seen the video, this is the part you'll probably remember. If the earth was the size of a golf ball, okay? The size of a golf ball. And if the sun was approximately 15 feet in diameter, which this one isn't on here, that might be, I don't know, three and a half, four feet, whatever that is. All right, I want to show you the comparison here. Here's the golf ball. Here's the sun. And in the demo, I'm saying if it was 15 feet, you have to imagine that, okay? It would take 960,000 golf balls to be equal to the size of the sun. 960,000 earths to make up the size of the sun, okay? That is a really big number. It's enough golf balls you could fill an entire school bus with golf balls. That would be a fun prank to try to do, wouldn't it? Until the school board found out who did it and you'd be there forever cleaning them out and everything. But... It's a massive star, and it's just one star of many in our beautiful um, galaxy called the Milky Way that God made for you and I to enjoy. Amen? All right, the second star we're going to look at (coughs) is called Betelgeuse or Betelgeuse, depending on how you want to pronounce it. I've seen it on here both ways. have that picture for you as well. It's the bright one there in the middle. But this star is 427 light years away. That's 427 times 5.88 trillion miles away from us. Okay, you do the math on that in your head. That's okay. Uh, So it is so big, we can see it with the naked eye. You don't have to have a telescope to see this on certain days and and seasons. Now, Betelgeuse is twice the size. um, Now, you're another thing, twice the size of the sun. But that's not what I'm going to say. It's not twice the size of the sun. It's twice the size of the orbit around the Earth that the sun makes. Okay? Uh, That's really big. So, using the golf ball again, if the earth were a golf ball, Betelgeuse would be the height of six Empire State Buildings on top of each other. A picture of the Empire State Building for you there. It's a pretty big building. I don't know if any of you guys have traveled there before. Anyone been to the Empire State Building? It's quite a specimen. This thing has 102 floors, and it's 1,454 feet high to the tip. And I was imagining 
imagine the guy who has to clean those windows. Right? Like, I don't think I want to do that. But now imagine you travel to New York, you set this ball on this golf ball on the road, on the street or sidewalk right there in New York. They wouldn't think that was weird at all. I mean, they have so much weird stuff going on. They probably wouldn't even be noticed. They put this golf ball down, and that would be the size of the earth compared to Beetlejuice, which would be the Empire State Building plus five more on top of that. We're talking about a massive star, okay? So uh, if, let's see. I just want to read this part. Okay, you can put 262 trillion Earths, 262 trillion Earths in Beetlejuice. And God breathed that out of his mouth. Isn't that amazing? So if you took these golf balls, went to the Superdome in, uh, in New Orleans, and you were there and you, you could fill the entire Superdome with golf balls 3,000 times. That'd be equivalent to Beetlejuice and the Earth. This is a massive, massive star. Okay, number three. The third star is called Musifi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but you don't either, so we'll say that's what it is. Musifi. And it used to be called the Herschel um, Garnet Star. And here's a picture of that. Okay. Uh, Musifi is 3,000 light years away. So again... If the earth was a golf ball, Musifi would be the width of the Golden Gate Bridge twice, end for end. So I'll show you a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. Some of you guys have been there. We were there in 2019 as a group. We went for a prophetic conference. We were there, and it's a beautiful bridge. But the Golden Gate Bridge is a suspension bridge spanning the Golden Gate Channel. It's approximately one mile wide from San Francisco Bay to the Pacific Ocean. It was, in this, amazingly, it was completed in 1937. So just imagine you're traveling there, you're a tourist, you're looking around, and you are on the bridge, and you set this golf ball at the first of the bridge. Then you walk down to the end, or you drove over there. Then there's another bridge after that, making this bridge close to two miles long, and your imagination's that one. And you look back. That, if you could see the golf ball, you have amazing eyes. Um, if you could even see it, that is the size of Musifi compared to the Earth. Okay? That is really, really large. Musifi is so big, you could fit 2.7 quadrillion Earths inside of this one star. 2.7 quadrillion. You know, some of the, like the money you guys, some of you guys have is pocket change, right? 2.7 quadrillion. Think about this. You might, quadrillion is a really difficult number to think about, remember, and just process in your brain. But a million is 1,000 times 1,000. Simple math class. Well, don't, don't worry, this won't be long. A billion is 1,000 million. And a trillion is 1,000 billion. And a quadrillion is 1,000 trillion. Okay, big, big number, right? So to help everybody just understand this number uh, in another way, we'll take these numbers and move it into seconds or in time, okay? So a million seconds ago would be like 12 days ago. 12 days ago, not that, not that big a deal, not that long ago, 12 days ago. But a billion seconds wouldn't be, you know, September or May or even back in January, you know, a billion seconds ago would be back in 1990. Back when people were wearing parachute pants like MC Hammer and saying you can't touch this. I mean, the time of 32 years ago, that's a billion seconds. Now, a trillion seconds would be 31,688 years ago. And a quadrillion, one quadrillion, this is more than one before, 2.7 was the answer 
But uh, a quadrillion seconds ago would be 32 million years ago. We're talking about really big numbers. And you see if he is so big, you could fit 2.7 quadrillion Earths inside of this one star that came out of the mouth of God. Just how big is this God we serve? Amen? And how big is your problem seeming right now? Do you have a problem that's too big for God to handle? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think sometimes we just make a mountain out of a molehill. We're looking at the wrong thing. We're looking at ourselves. We're self-centered. We're self-conscious. We're like the whole world revolves around us and stuff like that. No, he's got the whole world in his hand. He puffed it out of his mouth. Man. All right, fourth star. Last one we're going to look at is called Canis Majoris. I think they actually found one possibly bigger than this later. But I'll show you the picture of that. Okay. Now, if the earth were a golf ball, again, Canis Majoris would be the size of Mount Everest. I already mentioned uh, to you guys about Grandfather Mountain. We know Grandfather Mountain is just a little bit over one mile above sea level. But Mount Everest is six miles above sea level, and it's the highest point on the planet. Okay, this is a big mountain. I don't think I'm ever going to bother to try hiking it. I know some people have tried and they've died. Other people have tried and they've made it. I don't know what they get for a prize, but I guess they say they did it. But that is, a, it's not just six miles. You're going up and, you know, six miles up in the atmosphere. It's going to get harder and harder to breathe. But you could fit seven quadrillion Earths inside of Canis Majoris. Seven quadrillion Earths. And this is one of those quadri seven quadrillion and somewhere on this one out of seven quadrillion, you're on it. You're on it somewhere on there. Can't see you right now, but somewhere you're on this, okay? Now, that's enough golf balls. You could cover the entire state of Texas with golf balls 22 inches deep. Texas is the second largest state in our country. I mean, it's massive. 22 inches deep. I mean, who is this God? Who is this God? So, again... God breathed even that star out of his mouth. Psalm 33, 6 again says this, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Now, we've looked far out into the galaxies and the solar system to see how awesome God is. Now, to close, we're going to look um, in closer with a magnifying glass or a microscope, actually an even more expensive microscope, ones you don't have in your schools, and look closer at the, uh, at the uh, majesty, the majestic awesomeness of God, your creator. Amen. So we're going to look at something in the human body. It's uh, a little protein molecule in our bodies called laminin. Now, some of you have studied bio, uh, Bible, Bible stuff, biology and bodies and stuff like that. You probably have heard of this before, but it's a cell adhesion molecule. It's basically like the rebar of the human body. You know, when contractors build houses and they build foundations with rebar in different places to, to make it stronger. And that's what laminin does for the human body. Laminin holds the membranes together. It's the glue of the human body, okay? And so I just want to show you something, just how amazing our God is. Remember we read earlier how, I'm going to read this first to you before, before I show this picture, Colossians 1 again. Verse 17. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And then we talked about laminin being this, you know, self-adhesive molecule. I want to show you a picture. Of what, uh, this is a diagram picture of what laminin looks like. If you could put that up there for me. 
This is not a joke. So we look out in the farthest of space, you know, into that whirlpool galaxy, and you see an image of God. And you take this very expensive microscope that we can't ever probably use, that someone did, and you look at a molecule of the body, a self-adhesive molecule of laminin, and that's what it looks like. Let me show you the next picture of this. This is what it actually looks like under electronic microscope. This is what it actually looks like in the body. Who is this God? Amen. Colossians, I'm going to read this again. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things are created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created for him and by him, for he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Even your body is being held together by this self-adhesive molecule that looks like the cross, and he holds it all together, amen. Whether it's the planets, the solar systems, the galaxies, whatever, he holds it all together. So we're going to, um, I want you to think about for a second a problem you're going through, a challenge you've, you're, you're up against. And some of these challenges are actually for your good to make your faith stronger, your character tested, perseverance, all those things the Bible talks about. Actually, it is, some of those are coming from God's hand, and some of them are not. You have to discern which is which. But how many of these problems, sometimes we pray like we're begging God to do this big, massive, enormous thing when he breathes stars. He breathes stars that are 2.7 quadrillion times bigger than our earth. He just breathes them. What kind of problem could you possibly be going through that's bigger than God? And I just wanted to bring that up because it's going to build our faith up. Stop praying weak, wimpy little uh, Girl Scout prayers and start recognizing who your God is. Amen? No offense to Girl Scouts. It could be Boy Scouts too, whatever. But let's stop praying weak, wimpy prayers. Amen? God breathes planets. God formed you with his hand. God watches over. He holds you together, all things together. You can look farthest out in space and see his cross. The microscope, you can see his cross. We can see his cross in our lives through shadows and types of his blood. And we are in him. He's in us. And he is for you, not against you. We are on the same team. God made you. Amen. I just want to build you up and build your faith up that there is nothing you're ever going to go through in your life that is bigger than God. Somewhere on this golf ball you live. And he knows exactly where that is. And he knows you intimately. And before you were even in your mother's womb, he formed you, he knew you, and he absolutely loves you. We're going to sing um, the song, How Great Is Our God. And after that, we'll take communion together. But I'm hoping this builds your faith because sometimes we can look at our problems so much because we've got to pay the bills. We've got to do this. We have to do that. We get so busy doing our own stuff, we don't take the time to look back and think, who is this God? And this God wants to be actively and intimately involved in your life. Amen. So worship team, you guys will come on up and help Marshall. Um, God is not the great I was. He's the great I am. 
and he will always be the same. He is who he is. I am who I am. And he is sovereignly in control over all the works of his hands, the boss, the creator. And again, I want to just say that no problem you're ever going to go through is bigger than his hand. Amen. You guys ready? Almost. almost. All right. Well, let me pray. God, I pray you'd help us to take our minds off our problems or issues. Some are big, some are small, but none of them are big compared to you. None of them are big compared to these planets, these stars, the solar system. None of them are big compared to your plan for mankind. None of them are big compared to your plan of salvation. And God, I just pray you help us keep things in proper perspective, that you are God. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And we belong to you. And God, we want to sing today and just praise your name for just how amazing our God is. We're proud of you. We're proud that you're our Father. You're our God. We're proud of you. We boast and brag about how awesome uh, our God is. It's like the, the kids said, well, my dad could beat up your dad. Well, my dad created your dad. I mean, my, like, he made you. Like he's God, we just celebrate you. Celebrate you. Thank you for loving us so much.